0: It is ice. ice I ain't gonna say it twice it's Turn out the street lights We taking the flight to a couple of days in the life But what is life in Washington Heights? What's going on everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin. I am joined this week by the great Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great, Phoenix. How are you doing?
0: Fantastic.
1: Yep, just ready to to talk about a movie that I think you're just a little bit excited just, to talk about.
0: Just a teensy bit, yes.
1: <laughs> well, we got this good uh, one-on-one episode today, just the two of us. It'll be like an interview almost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it'll be good though. Excited to to finally get to talk about this after hearing your excitement levels for it for seemingly a couple years. Yeah, it
0: seems like it's been a minute.
1: I've only known you for like eighteen months, but (laughs) I I feel like I've heard you talking about this movie for three years. So,
0: (laughs) and that's probably true, actually. (laughs) So, oh, we are of course (laughs) talking about in the heights. Uh, the live-action or movie adaptation of the Broadway play, uh, originally written uh, by Lynn manuel Miranda, uh, adapted to the screen by Kiera aldis Aldis I'm going to mess her name up, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> fantastic screenwriter, uh, directed by John Chu, starring Anthony Ramos. Uh, yeah, so... Nathan kind of buried the lead a little bit, like when he talks about my excitement level. Uh, I found this movie was coming out in 2018, and it has been my most anticipated movie ever since, (laughs) pretty much.
1: I I swear to God, you could go back to, like, one of our first few episodes on Film Code, (laughs) like, June 2020. Right. We're talking about most anticipated movies to come out eventually, and In the Heights had always been number one.
0: Always, always. Uh, this is a uh, the Broadway play came out in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere around there. Um, and I, at the time, I was working at uh, Playhouse Square, which, if you're familiar with Ohio, Playhouse Square, is sort of like our our Cleveland area version of Broadway. And uh, <laughs> I was working there, and I saw the show. Uh, which was amazing, it's incredible. I probably saw the show, the full show about two times, but I would sneak in <laughs> after we were done with the job at least four other times. So uh, fantastic show. Uh, I've had the soundtrack ever since, probably one of the most memorable soundtracks ever. You can literally give me like two beats on it and I, I got the entire thing memorized. So to say that my excitement level <laughs> was a bit high, is quite an understatement uh it was funny because i uh when i went in to see it i took a picture of the screen because it was huge i was like jesus this is probably one of the hugest screens i've ever seen and i just realized after i like it took me like two days to realize uh oh, duh dude you saw it on the xd screen <laughs> it was like oh yeah okay <laughs> but yeah super big screen finally got to see it uh I want you to, I want you to go first and, and, and then, well, no, no, I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, I will say that walking out of it the first time when I saw it in theaters, I was actually disappointed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was really disappointed uh, because I was so familiar, so close to, to the play. Uh, that when they made changes in the movie I, I was like i instantly hated it i was like no how dare you change how dare you change this and this and where's this and ha ah, no i want my in the heights like, <laughs> so i was i was like like it was funny cuz a lot of people a, a lot of people knew that I was hype for it and they texted me afterwards like so what you think and i was like uh you know i'll tell you later yada yada cuz i really didn't want to say like you were embarrassed. Right. I didn't want to be like, no, bro, this, this movie wasn't for me. I didn't want to say that.
1: So, there was a time a couple weeks ago where our Twitter group chat, uh, shout out Cinema Chat on Twitter. I know a lot of those guys listen to the podcast. Shout out to them. Um, where I said, you know, Phoenix, what have you considered the possibilities of what will happen <laughs> if you don't like In the Heights? And you're like, not possible. Right. I, my brain cannot comprehend that happening. <laughs>
0: And so I was like, yeah, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh man, no. I uh I'm devastated right now. But uh I went back and saw it again because I had to, just had to, you know what I'm saying, I had to let the the excitement and the hype, you know what I'm saying, get out of my head. And I went back and I and I re it and I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> this is actually this is actually really awesome. I do have my issues with it that I'll talk about later, but overall I was pleased with it. So I'm glad I I'm glad I, I went back and doubled down. So you just saw this what yesterday? I did. Yes. So fresh on the brain, what were your takeaways from in the heights?
1: I think it's important for for me and from my standpoint to start with this. And, and longtime listeners of the show remember when we talked about Hamilton last summer. I absolutely respect the hell out manuel Miranda mm-hmm. for everything he has done uh, play-wise, for shedding light on a- a- and communicating how to tell these stories in such a fun and vibrant way. And especially for Hamilton, and I'm, I'm not really familiar with any of the other plays, so I'm just going to talk about Hamilton at, at this time, um, for including a bunch of diverse actors and uh, to play mostly white characters. You know, we, we talked about all that. I I respect the hell out of him, but that doesn't mean that I necessarily enjoy Hamilton. Um, I am not the biggest fan of Hamilton. Like I said, while I absolutely respect it, I know exactly what it means to culture and to society. And I have the utmost respect for it. That does not mean I want to watch it again. Um, I mean, I, I know I'm in the minority of of opinions when it comes to that, and that's fine. So I wasn't super excited for In the Heights because I'm just not the biggest fan of his work as far as entertainment value, as far as what I personally get out of it. And I hope I made myself clear in saying everything he's done, his scripts, his lyrics, the way that he portrays stories is impeccable and i respect that he's a great great visionary writer and and thought uh gosh i I don't even know what else to call Uh, him he's great yes he he's phenomenal but that again that that doesn't necessarily mean that that i enjoy watching his work because it just doesn't resonate anything out of me so i was a little Going into this one and and the runtime did scare me. I know we're movie fans and a two hour and 20 minute movie should not scare us, Um, especially when some of my favorite movies are are very long. But uh, when it's a movie you're already not super excited for and it's a movie, you know, there's going to be tons of musical numbers. um, I just I wasn't super excited going in. So. My takeaways were, first of all, Anthony Ramos is an up-and-coming star. Absolutely. Um, that is probably my biggest takeaway from it. He did a phenomenal job, um, and I'm excited to see his career take off. Ever since I first saw him in A Star is Born a couple years yeah. ago. Um, so An absolute standout there. But But for me, I really didn't get a whole lot out of this, to be honest with you. Phoenix, you and I are on completely different ends as far as you know leading up to this movie. You said you've seen the play several times, you right. know the soundtrack, you know the play inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I didn't know anything about this story other than it was going to be a musical and that it was a Lin Manuel Miranda production. I, I really did not know anything else. We could not have been on opposite ends, so <laughs> um. I just, I, I personally did not get much out of it. Um, and I'll go more into that in depth once, you know, we talk about it a little more.
0: Mm-hmm. So interesting because uh, one of my my main issues with this uh, movie, uh, the first time I came out of it was that I felt like it was tailored to people who hadn't seen uh, the musical. Like who hadn't seen the original Broadway play and, weren't familiar with the soundtrack so it's interesting to hear that uh, it didn't really resonate with you because I figured this was you know tailor-made for for people who you know saying weren't you know weren't really into the the scene in 2008 um but yeah so you want to want to go ahead and break the seal here let's do it all right let's do it we are officially talking spoilers for in the heights uh so for me uh i'll just i'll just say like I'll, I'll like okay like i gotta i gotta explain the two times all right so like the first time i saw it uh like like i said like I'm literally in the theater mumbling the lyrics, trying not to sing out loud. Cause I, I just know it that well. And one of the first songs, which is the, you know, I'm saying the title song and the heights, uh, there's a major change from the stage play in to the movie. And that major change is that uh, Nina's father is widow. Uh, Cause in the play, he's still married his wife, Camila, still married and because of that change it changes the lyrics uh and so like there's like when he comes into the uh bodega it's him and his wife in the play it's him and his wife and you know they're like telling him hey nina's coming back into town we're having a dinner you know what i'm saying it's pretty much the same idea it's just that without her there those lyrics are gone right And so I was like, okay, that's a weird thing. I'm like, why did they take that character out of there? That's one of those things where I was like, I'm not sure if that was a necessary change. And as we get further into the film, it's because the original play, the original soundtrack is about 24 songs in it, about 24 songs. She's involved in at least three of those songs. Mm. All three of those songs were cut from the movie. <laughs> so they cut I was it like timing. Yeah, they cut it for time. And it so, was
1: already a long movie. Right,
0: exactly. So I was like, okay, so that's why that character's not there. So I was like, okay, that change makes sense, but it's still like one of those changes, especially for me when you're so close to the play that you're like, no, why? So the second time I saw it and I had that in mind, I was like, oh, okay. So now that knowing that we have to transition this from stage to screen, and that we have to cut it for time, and that meant cutting of probably an essential character, I was like, well, now my only question is, how do they cover up that missing character, those missing songs, that missing story, and does it make sense? And for that part, I was like, yeah, it does. And the main reason that I, I felt that I definitely had to see it twice was because In the Heights, to me, I think is the most easily, the most transferable stage musical to screen that I've ever seen. Like, easily. you could literally take what was on stage, put it on screen, right? Just as, as far as the story is concerned, probably not the blocking, definitely not the setting. You have to, you know, say Braun knows out. Because for musicals, out right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But the story beats, I was like, yeah, literally just the exact same thing. But then I remembered, what was our major complaint last year about a lot of the stage musicals that was brought to screen? They didn't change anything. <laughs> like, they literally took what was there and put it on screen. And it was awful. Like, it's like, dude, you have room. You have this space. Use it. Uh, so for me, I was like, I'd be kind of a hypocrite if I was just like, yeah, do the exact same thing. So I was like. I'm actually glad that they, they switched it up and put some different things in there. And that was something that I definitely appreciated the second time around.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I I do see where you're coming from with all that. Ooh. Um, For me personally, uh, something that I just... I couldn't get into any of the characters. I really couldn't. Um, other than Usnavi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, who, you know, when you're a passionate lead and you're... I mean, the lead in the movie, of course, you're going to, I guess, relate to a lot more often than the supporting characters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, especially given how passionate he was about his dream and how caring he was to other individuals. He was just such an easy person to root for. Um, so, definitely liked him, but really everyone else. Now, I liked the singing, of course. Some people had some great voices of course I'm I'm not trying to come after anyone's acting ability or anything like that. It was just how these characters were written. I really didn't care about them. (laughs) They, they seemed so, so shallow and, and, um, just, you know, you scratch off the surface level of who the character is, and then boom, they're done. Like you hit the bottom. Like I just, the care, both the characters of Nina and, um, what is it? Vanessa. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Corey Hawkins character, whose name escapes me right now. um, I just, I'm sorry. I I just couldn't get into them. I couldn't get into their stories. I, I didn't, there was nothing driving me to care about those characters.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's definitely one of my complaints is that, especially knowing the play, right? Um, there are elements to those characters that deepens who they are as characters. That is not in the movie. I, I like, again, cutting for time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you got to take a lot of things out. Personally, Benny and Nina's story is probably 80% gone from the original play. Like their the heart of their story is, is literally gone and changed and, it's a different story. I like it. I still think it's a really cool story. Uh, there's an element in that original story that I wish was brought up here because I think it's a really strong one. Um, but that's gone. Uh, uh, Vanessa's story is also different and also changed. And there are are certain character moments that she doesn't have, uh, from the play to the movie. Uh, And it's interesting to me, and this brings me to my next complaint. It's like so many of the songs uh, have interesting character uh, beats in them that they kept the the songs. They kept that stuff in the songs, but they took out that character part. Like there's a one one song uh, that they do uh, called the club, which is when they're dancing at the club or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? Just as they're walking in, Usnavi and Vanessa, he asks her if she wants a drink. And she says, you know, he's like, you know, something sweet. And she's like, you know, me, a little bit of cinnamon. Right. The reason that she says that is because way back in the beginning, she goes to the bodega to get uh, a cup of coffee that has a stick of cinnamon in it. Right. Now, the thing is, they show that, but she never says it. Right. So you have to go back and see that that's actually a cinnamon stick. That you know, saying that he gives her like as a straw or whatever. So like, so that song, that 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 line is still in the song, but that's a, a character part that's like, we never get that, you know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get that. Um, the other the other element is uh, how confrontational she is with uh, her boss uh, Daniela, because she wants to you know escape that. Like, she doesn't want to be a a, a nailed tech her entire life she wants bigger dreams and daniela obviously is like you know you work for me <laughs> this is what right. you do this is who you are so that's another element that was sort of stripped away um so i 100 percent agree with you when you when you talk about the side characters there's a lot more to them um than than what we're given and again i think it ties back into losing uh camila who is a uh, Kevin Rosario's wife, uh, she also ties into a lot of these characters because the storyline between Benny and Nina, part of uh, the, their conflict is that Benny is African American, and uh, Kevin Rosario is a little bit apprehensive about having his daughter date someone who's not, uh, you know, Latino. So like, so like, they took that element completely out of the film. And so it's like, now there's not that, that, that tension for those characters. And, and there's a really strong element to that that builds into a lot of those songs. So again, that's probably my main complaint is that there's so many character beats in the songs. And when you don't have those things in the story, it's a little weird. It's a little uneven.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about the songs too. And despite my... Um non-enjoyment from Hamilton, I still thought the songs were so catchy. Oh, yeah. um, I still found myself singing them, humming them for two weeks, despite <laughs> not necessarily loving the play, the movie, whatever we're terming it as. The songs were still extremely catchy. Um, here, I... <laughs> none of the songs really impressed me lyrically. Um... Other than the main title one, um, you know, of course, I think the actors and actresses singing were phenomenal. I don't have any issues there. Um, the beats, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, production wise, it all was fine. But the lyrics themselves, I, I don't. I don't remember feeling any specific attachment to them. I don't remember snapping while it was going on. I don't remember humming (laughs) while, while they were going on. And and when they were over, I was just kind of like, really? (laughs) And I think that's that's it. Like this is, this is what, honestly, like I said, I, I I don't want to get it twisted with any of our listeners. Like I think Lynn manuel Miranda is, is phenomenal, but, I think for my lack of knowledge, going from what Hamilton is and how Mm. trailblazing it was to then go to this, which, you know, I know it was his first play. Um, To me, I was like, this is this is what he did first. Like I can tell kind of I don't know, I just the songs for me, for someone who is so known for his songs. Mm -hmm. I thought the songs would be better. I guess that's the bottom line I'm trying to make.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that can definitely be... And like, not just improved with, with, an, uh, with another viewing, but I think, what I, like what I said earlier about this being more so for people who weren't familiar with the Broadway play, I think this was like a great teaser to be like, okay, well, let me see what the play was like. Let me see, you know what I'm saying? If you were like unimpressed or you were like at least curious from, from the film and you would go, or well, let me revisit the original soundtrack. It, I I'd highly encourage you to revisit the original soundtrack because there's so many songs that are missing, you know what I'm saying? Like there's really great songs that are missing, 100 uh, Stories, Sunrise, uh, uh, oh God, there's like, I, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of great songs that are missing that deepen these characters that, that are really strong like songs in in terms of writing and also because of the story beat changes a lot of um a lot of the songs that that changed that changed throughout the movie also took like they changed lyrics in in songs and it, it's noticeable for someone who like you know what i'm saying i've obviously heard the soundtrack a million times right um so that to me is like sort of like a stickler. I was like, uh, I don't know if you needed to change that, but in other areas, I guess it works. It's, it's weird, it's weird. However, there is one thing that I think absolutely did not need to change. No matter how you wrote this story, no matter what you were going to do different, there's one element of this film that, that from the stage play to the, to the movie, that absolutely should not have changed and I wish they had fixed it. And that is Abuela telling, not necessarily telling, she doesn't have to tell Usnavi that she won the lottery. She doesn't have to tell them that she has the winning ticket, but she should acknowledge it herself. And that was one thing that I was like, I don't understand why they took that. I I don't understand that at all. Her song, Paciencia Fe. there's one line towards the end where she says, what do I do with this winning ticket? They changed it in the movie. She doesn't even mention that she has the ticket. And so I'm like, and the idea is that it's supposed to feed into the ending where Usnavi finds the ticket and he's like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Supposed to bring you that surprise and that joy. However, it was played really awkwardly because if she could have revealed it, earlier that she had it and we knew but Usnavi didn't then we could celebrate in that joy with it I feel like that would have been a more what's the word I'm looking for uh more cathartic I guess experience towards towards that moment yeah than, than it was
1: yeah um I'm with you there I'm with you and and another thing for me too was I just didn't find the story that compelling. I I just didn't like I was very attentive the entire time. Mm -hmm. I was not distracted, but I still just, I I didn't find what I was watching. Very interesting. I I simply (laughs) didn't. And it's not because it's a musical, you know, my favorite movie of all time is a musical. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's not it. And I just, I think the constant bouncing around between characters and what their specific storylines were um, hurt it, at least in my eyes. Mm. Um, And like I said, the not being able to care about the characters all that much, the storyline was very weak in in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, That's interesting because I noticed that... uh, one of the things that, that I was not really upset with, because I, like I said, I'd seen the original, um, so I, I pretty much got that. But uh, one, one complaint, at least that I had heard, was that there's no true villain, right? There's no real antagonist throughout the film. And I was like, well, yeah, there is. The antagonist is gentrification. The antagonist is, you know, saying our immigration laws. The antagonist is, you know, daily life as a minority in you know i'm saying in this country where you know you're struggling you know you know income inequality is a real thing so like those are really the only antagonists there's not a true you know hardcore like person or idea that you have to overcome uh it's just the world that you're living in and i felt like i feel like a lot of people you know i'm saying if that if you're used to sort of, you know, a prime antagonist that can definitely throw people off that there's not a, uh, you know, a a specific person, but I think the atmosphere and the, uh, and the idea behind it is, is definitely something that like is, is a, is a guiding force behind people's actions and and what they do. And is certainly stressful enough to, uh, (laughs) to get through and then throw in the fact that you know you're about to lose electricity in three days right you know what I'm saying so like I, I again like even that aspect is better in the play because I feel like the aspect of the blackout is sort of sudden you know, like people don't really know that it's about to happen And they they, kind of subvert it by letting people know, like, hey, there's three days until a blackout. It's like, well, maybe, like, don't tell us that. You know, (laughs) like, let it just sort of happen and let us be like, oh, you know, I think that would definitely bring forth the idea that it's that the antagonist is really the world around him as opposed to a prime antagonist.
1: I don't really think there needs to be an antagonist in in um a movie of course some people could say that like antagonists could be conflict just in general but like just just looking at some of my favorite movies there's no true antagonist la la land is, is my favorite movie ever there's no antagonist there i mean each other's competing dreams sure that's conflict that's not an antagonist right Right. interstellar is one of my favorite movies there's no villain in that i mean well, again time. talk about time yeah. and <laughs> sure, sure 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 if if that's really what people are are saying is wrong with this movie then um maybe they need to reword it a little bit because right. not every good movie needs a bad guy i think that's i think that's a very um easy way to look at things i think that's a very rookie way to look at things right Right. Um, you know, you don't need a true villain with bad motivations and harmful motivations, but you do need conflict. And there certainly was plenty of conflict inside of this movie. So I would just say whoever does think that to to just reapproach their thoughts. Right. Um for me personally, you know, I've talked a lot about what I did not like about this movie. I do want to talk about what I did. I, I thought the cinematography was gorgeous. Oh yeah. Um, that was something that absolutely stood out to me and, and the dance choreography, of course, when, uh, you know, this, this might sound, I don't know, uh, redundant, but like when you're making a musical, of, of course, you need <laughs> everyone to be on cue, but some of these, some of these dances they did with hundreds of people, whether you mm-hmm. talk about that opening one in the streets or in the pool. I mean, there are just so many people there to get everyone to line up in sync perfectly to do it. It's it's something that's often overlooked, but not here, not on this show today. You know, I definitely want to appreciate and shout out everyone that was involved with those dance sequences, the dancers, the choreographers, the camera people, um, everything that went on there because those were remarkable. And, And again, yes, they should be because it is musical. It is supposed to be. Um, but I feel like things like this, when people do their jobs well, we don't talk about it enough because they're not right. they're, they're done so well, you don't notice that they're done well. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that was phenomenal. Uh, the cinematography, you know, there was a tweet going around on film Twitter about one of the first few scenes when Usnavi's like looking out the window and there's all those people in the reflection of the window. Yeah, Gorgeous shot. Um, and that was shot. pretty Pretty uh, telling of the whole movie. Great cinematography.
0: Yeah, Uh, absolutely fantastic cinematography. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, there there are some ridiculously good elements here. Like you just mentioned, the choreography is out of this world. Like, the the scene you're referring to in the pool, 96,000, that is a really hard, I mean, an incredibly hard, sequence to get right right and i mean i'm not sure how many times they had to redo it that's ridiculous but like it's so so much that goes into that um into that sequence just in terms of dance choreography you got people in the pool you got people outside of it It, it, it's so so many moving parts to get that right and it's a long song the song's about six seven minutes long so like it's a lot to 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 really get through, uh. So just fantastic job with that, like really, really, really good.
1: It, it definitely is a long song, but um, yeah. I mean, for for me personally, like I said, Anthony Ramos was great. Um, I, I don't. It's hard for me to anticipate if he's gonna be looked at as a best uh, actor. Probably not performance. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless this is definitely going to spearhead him as one of the best up and coming actors and and I think it absolutely should. I'm excited to see more roles come his way um, not just musically, although he is a very talented singer uh, he actually does make a few albums I, I noticed and researched um, right. but you know I'd like to see him do. Everything, anything that he he needs to put his name out there and really establish himself as an A-lister. So I'm excited to see what he is able to do here in the future. And the other thing that you know, I, I again want to talk about. We talked about how trailblazing Lin-Manuel Miranda was with who he cast for Hamilton. Right. Um, again, with with this, he casted a bunch of people, at least for this movie, who were relatively unknown. You know, of course, people like us. We knew Anthony Ramos. We knew Corey Hawkins. Um, we knew the the father, Nina's father, um, Jimmy Smiths. Yes, but I, I none of these guys are a listers. None of these actors or actresses are a listers. So good for Lin Manuel Miranda for not needing
0: yeah. an
1: a lister to just you know carry the box office or anything like that. He went in and once again casted a bunch of people who are, are relatively unknown to the general public. Right. And I think that that is bold and, and, and smart. It, it's refreshing, I guess is what I should say. Yeah. I am probably one of the biggest suckers alive for stacked casts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, oh gosh, David O. Russell's new movie coming out here soon. Mm-hmm. And you got um, The French Dispatch and, and Dune. I love me, a good cast, right? right. Of course. Also right. but
0: uh, in this film, uh Daphne Rubin Vega who plays Daniela, uh Stephanie Beatrice who plays uh, uh Carla. Uh and I'm blanking on another one. Oh, Mark Anthony, who makes a uh surprising cameo here, which I didn't expect. So that was that was cool. Like, I mean, probably not, you know, the most well known to general audiences, but I think in the Latino community, like these are these are huge names. So like in that right. in that respect i do think it was a stat cast
1: right, right and and i'm not trying to say that like it wasn't a stat cast i'm just saying like good for him for casting not needing a true star, star. that is a yeah. household name right. or stars that are household right. names to say let me tailor this to general family member who goes to two movies a year, who goes to one right. movie a year and try and make this the movie they go to because they love this actor. They love right. this actress. He said, you know, I'm going to cast the people that I know are going to do a great job. You know, obviously knowing Ramos from their time together on Hamilton, you know, just casting people that he he didn't care if the public knew them or not. And I, I think that's pretty cool.
0: And I do think like, Yeah you know there were there were definitely issues and I think I definitely spoke on all of them but overall man I like this was my most hotly anticipated film you know probably for 2 years cuz it was supposed to come out in 2020 uh and it was just it my main complaint is that it didn't it didn't hit the 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 high bar that I had for it like I expected this film and I and I think with the changes that that we mentioned the the issues that we had, had those things been you know uh reworked it it probably could have i think this film could have been the biggest film of the year like that was that that was where I was at with it like even even in coming out in June, its buzz could last till till December to February because it was just that big and explosive now maybe it it will. Uh, cause a lot of people still haven't seen it, but for me, like I, like I expected to walk out of this the first time and the second time, like overwhelmed, like greatest thing since sliced bread, you know what I'm saying? Like type of, type of thing. Uh, so it didn't quite hit that level and I feel like it definitely had the potential to, so I was a little disappointed in that, but overall, man, I, I I dug it. I'm going to rewatch it. I've already seen it twice in theaters i'm probably gonna see it again in the day like <laughs> just just because
1: what else would you say were some of the big problems you had as someone who was so familiar with what the play version entailed what else were some of the big or small issues that you saw uh, as someone who was so familiar with the other version
0: i mean well the big change of Eliminating Usnavi from knowing that uh Abuela had won the lottery um it, it, it sort of it doesn't like I said, like you could have kept that and, and still had her reveal that she knew, but without him knowing it also changes a, it just it changes so many of the lyrics. That was my only thing was like I get changing the story beats. I totally get changing the story beats or changing the uh, outcome, or not the outcome, but the uh, order in which things happen. Totally get that, right? What I what I didn't care for was that because you eliminated characters, because you eliminated songs, because you eliminated key moments, that it just felt uneven, right? Like the story and the music felt uneven. And I feel like this is only something that someone who's seen the play lived with the soundtrack for what is it? 12 years now? Like, this is the only thing this is the kind of thing that only you would notice if if you've been in that in that field for so long. So uh, and even still, you can still appreciate it and love it and be like, hey, like, as an adaptation, they killed you. But like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I hope in 2030 years, uh, it gets the same treatment that West Side Story is getting right now where we get a we get another crack at it. We get a chance to remake it because, in my mind, I, despite how I feel about this film, I still think I still think this is one of the great American musicals of of our generation. Like right? how West Side Story defined you know that generation. I really feel like in the Heights is the perfect uh like <laughs> it's like the perfect accumulation of the past 20 years um and just getting this diverse group of people and, and telling their stories in such an original and vibrant and colorful way and and such a unique way. Just the, the, the fact that there is no you know no mustache twirling villain and no one's you know a gangster. No one's like you know what I'm saying feeding in any stereotypes. Like this is a really fresh and inventive story that i think could define the next few years of uh of movies sp- specifically movies made for and by latinos so like i i do hope we get another crack at it just to fix the issues that I- I've-, I've seen in this one um and maybe i'm the only one who sees those but yeah uh i do love this
1: okay well let's talk about it now real quick um How do we think this is going to compare general like reaction-wise, audience rating-wise, with both us here on Film Code and general audiences with West Side Story, given they are both extremely popular movies, or, excuse me, plays and musicals, given they are directed by two pop culture icons with Steven Spielberg and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and given that they come out six months from each other, um, a lot of similarities, at least in that aspect, of course, the stories are, are going to be different, of course, but you know, both very successful plays, both coming out six months from each other, both by visionary writers and, and, and directors. So how do you think this is going to compare just predicting wise? Uh, obviously we haven't seen the new West side story. I right. think this is going to compare the two, not just here on film code, but in general with audience members.
0: If you had asked me before In the Heights came out, I would have said In the Heights would blow West Side Story out of the water. But <laughs> I would have said that hands down, no question. Now I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that West Side Story will definitely be the darling only because it comes out later in the year. And to be fair, Academy members literally only pay attention from October to December. So it has that advantage. Um but, and from what I've seen, it looks gorgeous <laughs> oh, it looks so nice, it looks so pretty, and if you've seen the original nineteen sixty one uh film you can you can already see like the changes and the levels up that it has gone from that version to this version. It's gonna be very, very nice. it's gonna be very nice um, but I think. I think they'll both come out even. I think it'll, I think critic and audience response will be pretty much on par together. They'll be the same. Um, Mainly because West Side Story has already been done. It would be, it would be really kind of ridiculous for it to be, you know what I'm saying, oh, like be gifted again, (laughs) you know, despite being done by who I would consider the greatest, you know, Filmmaker of all time in Steven Spielberg. Uh, I still think they'll they'll come out even simply because one's already been done. No matter how much you update it, one's already been done, and the other one is a new, and original play that's vibrant and accessible. So I think I think they'll balance each other out.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think um, you know I'm a big Steven Spielberg fan, so I'm looking forward to this. I don't know the story of West Side Story. I just don't. I know I live under a rock. I do apologize for that, but mm-hmm. I don't know that story. I am still debating whether I need to maybe watch the older version or watch just go it. in clean slate. I don't know. Um, for me personally, I, I think West Side Story does have a great chance at at beating In the Heights, at least in my eyes, on what I prefer, uh, simply because I just wasn't, wasn't in love with what In the Heights did. Um, but I'm looking forward to both. I know that that's going to be just great. And, and on an excitement level, I'm already way more excited for West Side Story than I was for In the Heights, just personally. Um, but we'll see when that time comes.
0: But also, also, don't forget, I mean, we're in a year of musicals. We still have a uh, Dear Evan Hansen coming out, uh, Tick, right. Tick, Boom coming out, uh, not to mention animated films like Encanto and Vivo. Like there's, there's, This is it's amazing that the one year that we don't have the Golden Globes, we have a fresh and diverse and intense and amazing comedy musical category. And we don't have the Golden Globes. So I really hope somebody else picks up that category just so we can see this this matchup between all of these incredible musicals coming out this
1: year. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give my final score unless there's anything else you want to touch on. No, go for it. All right, perfect. Well, you know, like I said, I'll I'll save I'll let you go last because mm-hmm. this uh this was your your child here. <laughs> uh but for for me personally, I'm going to give this a B. That's a 3-star overall. Mm. I think production-wise, mostly everything stands out, the lighting, the colors. It was very energetic and that is definitely something that that is tough to communicate in a movie, but this was full of energy. And I definitely liked that aspect about it. The cinematography is gorgeous. The choreography is impressive. Uh, but overall, for, for everything Lin-Manuel Miranda has been hyped up to be, and deservedly so after watching Hamilton, I kind of expected this to be better. I expected it to be a little more emotionally resonating, um, a little more catchy with the songs. And I still think Miranda's a genius, Let's not get that twisted. Um, This just is nowhere, nowhere near Hamilton in my eyes. And and I'm not even the biggest fan of Hamilton. So uh, this is a three star for me overall. I don't think it's bad by any means. Um, But for me, I I personally do not see myself revisiting this anytime soon. Maybe, maybe ever. Um, It's just not one of those for me. Um, way too long despite they cut a lot of stuff from the play and they it's still way too long (laughs) for for what it's going for um but overall you know i really liked anthony ramos really liked the production of it um but as a movie as an entertainment value it wasn't quite there for me
0: well i would have been right there with you if you'd asked me after my first viewing uh so i'm glad that i saw it again and I, I like, look, it's impossible for me not to like this movie. I am probably one of the few people who thinks personally that In the Heights is better than Hamilton. I, I'm in that camp. Um, while I think the songs are definitely more catchy in Hamilton, I think the message of In the Heights is just stellar, is really just a beautiful, beautiful story. Um... And it just, it's, it's so fresh and original. I, I, it's so hard for me to, um, you know, ignore that. So I love this, uh, musical to pieces. I wasn't over the moon about the film, but I still think it is amazing. So it's getting four stars for me, a solid four stars. Um, it's just an incredible story. Beautiful, uh, um, music, like I said, the editing choices could have been better the um the the character building could have been a lot a lot better uh the song changes really hurt a lot of the story, but overall i mean it's just it, it's such a a great thing to have out there, and just what it will do for uh, the latino community in 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 film I think it's it's a tremendous door that we've just opened it's going to be an amazing opportunity so i'm super excited for the future uh with this film so it it's it's, it's getting an a from me definitely four stars
1: wow all right mm-hmm. yeah well do we know what lin-manuel miranda is putting to film next
0: uh he is directing he is the director of tick tick boom
1: which is the that's right that's of, right i, I didn't miss that one yeah he, That's the story
0: of Jonathan Larson and his uh, role towards writing uh, Rent. So that should be exciting. Uh, He's also, I think he does the voice work in Vivo. I'm pretty sure he's the voice of the character in that. And I think he did a song for Encanto. So he's he's everywhere, man. (laughs) He's everywhere. And he co-wrote the music in... The new live action Little Mermaid So Dude's making moves man (laughs) He's making moves He's making deals but you know what He still ain't got no skills (laughs) Alright so we gotta move on uh, To what's good What's good What's good What's good So, Nathan, what has been good for you this week? What have you been watching? Good sir, what would you like to recommend?
1: Oh, man. I mean, geez. It it has been um, a tough week as far as watching some some great stuff. Um, So I'm going to have to dive back here a smidge into um, what I watched in the past. And... I'm going to have to go with um, nocturnal animals. Mm. So this is a movie um, by Tom Ford. It is, I believe great cast, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, um, a couple other people as well that you might recognize who I do not want to talk about. Mm. Um, Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon, of course, he's not one of those people, but someone else who's been in the news lately who I will not say. Um, yeah, this was this was this was a great, great movie. You, you definitely have to be careful as far as who you're watching this with, because um, this is a very tough watch and it is very um, inappropriate, let's say. So be careful on who you're watching this with. Definitely, if you are um, not mature, please don't watch this. But definitely was was a good watch and, and breathtaking at some of those scenes the toughest movie i've had to watch in a long time like there there are some breathtaking scenes There are some scenes that i'm like wow that was a perfect individual scene specifically one scene that happens on a road no spoilers but <laughs> for those of you that have watched it you know what i'm talking about for those who haven't when you get there remember a scene with a road A uh, perfect scene but this is honest to god the toughest watch m- maybe ever just some of the stuff that happens it is it's devastating but devastating in a wow way. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm done.
0: Oh no, you're good. Uh, yeah. Just a, a fan. Uh, I, that's one of the Amy Adams performances. I have to check out because uh, I'm such a fan of her as an actress. And uh, I just, uh, I want to see all of her films. Cause I mean, she just, she kills it. She kills it pretty much every time she's out. So uh, super excited to see that. Uh, normally we like to recommend things that, uh, are a little under the radar, but this is going to be a high key uh, recommendation because I'm just super high on this film. Uh, and that's going to be Bo Burnham's inside. It's sort of a uh, comedy special, but it's also sort of like a, uh, what is the word? Uh, dang it. Uh, I forgot the word, but it's like a uh, an encapsulation of the past year. And, um, his story during that time so it's it's super super relevant super funny and just a a really good time it's 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 a fantastic film so i highly recommend checking out bo burnham's inside on netflix you will not be disappointed uh so that's gonna be inside for me nocturnal animals from uh nathan please watch those back to back i can't imagine (laughs) how that night will go (laughs) That might be one of yeah, the best. Yeah, th- those
1: could not be more different. <laughs> yeah. That would be quite those an experience.
0: <laughs> and please report back to us and let us know how that night went. So that's been uh, what's good from us here at Film Code. And it's officially that time. We are talking the film code game itself. Nathan, it was your code word this week. Please remind everyone what your code word was and all of your clues, please.
1: That's right. My code word was empty. Uh, my first clue is that it was from 2000 to 2015. Nice little 15-year gap. I think the guys were a little upset with me that I picked <laughs> such a wide range. Uh, the This movie that I'm referring to was a directorial debut from a well-known director. I always like to clarify when I uh, speak about this kind of stuff as far as well-known or iconic, uh, this is not up for debate, this person is well-known. And the lead of the movie that I'm referring to was nominated for a role in a movie. That movie went on to win Best Picture. So not the the code word movie that is in question here did not win Best Picture but the lead of the movie that is in question was in a best picture winner and was nominated for that role. Mm -hmm. Well, we do not have guesses from the two folks who are not here today. So that means Phoenix can take advantage and be the only person to score a point this week. Mm. You know, not only don't, don't just give me the answer, you know, walk me through, (laughs) walk me through this process of where you got to your conclusion.
0: Okay. Um, I wanna say I started researching this about three days ago and I got about midway through and I was like, I can't do this, I'm not finding anything. I'm gonna try again later. And I didn't try again until last night. And I started at like 11, got frustrated, stopped. (laughs) Picked it back up at like 1 a.m. And I was like, okay, I found one freaking movie. I got all the way, I, I was searching. I searched everything. I searched best picture winners. I searched lead performances. I searched directorial debuts. I'm like, what the heck is this? (laughs) So this was tricky. And and I can't say that I'm confident in this because this is such an obscure movie. I highly doubt that this is what you chose. I feel like you chose something far more popular. Uh, But and I, I wrestled it down to the year 2008. Um, the directorial debut of Steve McQueen. Uh, and the lead actor was, who, uh, is uh, Michael Fassbender, who was nominated for his supporting role in 12 Years a Slave, which did win Best Picture. And I got empty because I was thinking of empty stomachs because it is about a hunger strike, and that is Hunger 2008, directed by Steve McQueen in his directorial debut starring Michael Fassbender. That is the closest thing I could find before I just threw my phone and gave up. So <laughs> I'm probably wrong, but it is the only film that I saw that matched each category or each clue. So. Uh, please let me be right, because this, this was a lot of research to be wrong. I'm going to be so upset.
1: Say, you sound very frustrated.
0: <laughs> I was so proud of myself for finding this. And I was like, I was like this can't be right, because this is such a weird film. I'm well, like, let me keep going. And by the time I got to 2010, I was like, "You no, know I don't care. Like, I'm going with this. This is what I got. So I'm yeah. right, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well. Uh, um, let me tell you what, though. Um, <laughs> best picture winner 12 years a slave, um, directed by Steve McQueen. Coincidentally, also directed Hunger, uh, which is the code word winner, starring Michael Fassbender. Are you serious? Yep, oh. you, should be, you should be proud. You should be proud. Woo-hoo. Yep, Phoenix, you nailed it. You nailed it. You even know why. You even nailed why empty was the code word. So, because I didn't want to say like hungry because that's way too. Right, right. Way too similar. Yeah, I mean, I when going through, you know, Steve McQueen absolutely is a well-known director. You do not, you cannot call yourself a film fan if you do not think Steve McQueen is well-known. Right. Um, you know, directed 12 Years a Slave, one Best Picture. Michael Fassbender, I watched that movie for the first time a few months ago. Michael Fassbender, like everyone in this movie, Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. He got nominated. Um, He stars in Hunger, one of like three, four, five movies Steve McQueen and Michael Fassbender are Mm -hmm. collaborating on together. So that's a great duo as well. Um, Yeah, you you absolutely nailed it. I'm sorry that it was so tough, but clearly.
0: Wow. Wow. And it was amazing the, the films that I came across. I was like, I was like, uh, the only Best Picture winner that's done by someone who had their directorial debut between 2000 and 2015 was Rob Marshall for Chicago. I was like, he wouldn't pick Chicago. We already did that. I was like, right. So I was like, go. right. I'm like, oh man, dude, it was it was a journey. I found some other movies that I was like, I don't know. I, I found, uh, Everything is illuminated. Uh, Directorial debut of Lee Schreiber. uh Elijah Wood, who was in *Lord of the Rings: Return of the King*, which won Best Picture, but I don't think Elijah Wood was nominated. So I was like, "Yeah." So I was like, I kept finding stuff where it matched up certain things, but it it, it wouldn't get everything. So I'm like, I'm super happy to get this one. That that was that was research, baby. <laughs> that was research.
1: I was gonna so now, say with mine. With mine, normally, if you do put in the research, you will find it just for future warning for everyone who wants to play along. When it's my code word, normally, I, I, if you put in the time, you'll find it. Uh, not that I'm trying to create work for anyone, but that's normally how I create my clues. Is I <laughs> I determine a movie, and then I go through and say, how can I create clues out of this? Right. So that's cool. great job. Great job.
0: That was a tough one, and I'm glad I got it. I am tied with Brandon. Uh, for two points so early in the season we are the ones that are up uh hopefully that lasts
1: (laughs) hey I've got I've got one and I believe Nick has one as well
0: yes yes so it's a tie two-way tie both ways me and Brandon lead with two Nathan and Nick behind with one I can guarantee you that will not last (laughs) as the season goes on but super happy to get this one because that was difficult all right Uh
1: we uh we will be back next week with the new pixar movie luca Mm. so for those of you who at the time of this recording may have already seen it no matter how you feel about it love it don't like it uh you know come back next week and and hear our thoughts on that we will be recording about luca additionally nick and i'll be coming back doing our own segment about fast nine Uh, There are a couple of hosts on this show that for one reason or another will not be talking about Fast 9. (laughs) We'll get the guys that actually like the franchise talking about it. If you like Fast and Furious, uh, if you like that franchise, if you like that movie, absolutely come back because, you know, Nick and I uh, do appreciate that franchise. So uh, Luca and Fast 9 are on deck over the next couple weeks. So it's a great time to be keeping up with Film Code. Please make sure that you come back for both of those However you are listening to this, please go ahead and check out our other episodes. We would really appreciate it. We've been doing this for over a year now. There's so much content we have. We've talked Pixar. We've talked Christopher Nolan. We've talked Tarantino. We've talked all the big movies of 2020. We've talked some absolute classics as well and, and more to come in the future. You could listen to us for hours and still have plenty of content. So please, however you're listening to us, go ahead and check out some of our other content as well. Please make sure you follow the show over on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. We are working on getting the uh, TikTok back in commission as well. But for now, you can keep up with us over on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. Please make sure you're following along with us, keeping up with us. We'd love to know your thoughts on the show and, and the movies that, that we've reviewed so far. And thank you guys so much for listening.
0: Absolutely. And my name is Ben Phoenix Cloudin, guys. You can find me on Twitter at IMHO Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Cloudin. Once again, thank you, Nathan, so much for joining us today. Where can everybody find you, sir?
1: Yep, you can find me on Letterboxd at nathan pig Gonna be logging a ton of stuff because gonna be watching a ton of stuff mm-hmm. coming up here. So please make sure you're following me over there. I do have some hot takes coming up. So please uh, go ahead if you want to see some of those hot takes. Go ahead on over there. I had someone argue with me last night that I didn't put a spoiler review on my Thor on my Thor review, which Thor has been out for 10 years right. and is one of the most widely known movies. Around I, uh, uh, again, if you uh, click on uh, my <laughs> profile and then click on a movie that you openly have not watched and then proceed to read the review, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, at that point, that's not on me. Like, yeah, maybe if I did that for Knives Out the week it came out, maybe if I did that for Spider Man Far From Home the night that I watched it, but right. no not for not for this movie so you can see that on my letterbox as well uh thank you guys so much for listening we love all our listeners and uh yeah please please uh come back next time
0: all right we'll see you guys next week we're out of here peace